0: Hello and welcome to the Leaders' Council podcast, the podcast for the people who run the country and the people who keep the country running. You join us here today in a rather deserted Westminster as once again we put the topic of leadership under the spotlight. I'm Scott Chaloner and today I'm joined by Adam Kiani. Adam is the CEO of PT Academy, the largest fitness education company in the UK. Uh, Adam, welcome. Great to have you with us on the program today.
1: Thank you, Scott, and thank you for inviting me to join you.
0: It's um, no problem at all. Now, first and foremost, Adam, this podcast is um, all about leadership and effective leadership at that. But what does that word leader actually mean to you?
1: A topic that I hold very close to my heart, Scott. Um, When I think of leadership, it encompasses everything and every aspect of business for me. Um, Starting with what I personally believe, believe are qualities of a great leader. So, um, during my time of managing several employees and different companies, um, I've narrowed down what I believe are five essential qualities of a great leader. Firstly is clarity. So, as a leader, I have to be clear and concise at all times and have no uh, ambiguity about my vision or where I'm taking my your companies. Secondly is to be decisive. So for myself, that's once I've made up my mind, I don't hesitate to commit. Thirdly, to be courageous and have the courage to see through visions and see through decisions that I take as a leader. The fourth is to be passionate about what I do. For me, um, with Pete Academy, I've never seen it as work. I Mm. see it as something that I enjoy doing and I'm passionate about. And fifthly, which is probably one of the most important traits, which is humility which is being humble as a leader, uh, taking on board feedback, understanding when to change strategy, uh, not to be stubborn, and to implement that humility, not just in my aspect as a leader, but in all aspects of life as well.
0: That's really interesting. So we've talked about your own leadership uh, model there in quite some detail. Um, But what leaders um, inspire you, Adam, and why do they perhaps inspire you? (laughs)
1: Well, I knew that question was coming, so um, I've got different uh, role models in terms of leaders. So, for example, when it comes to um, businesses, so I, I I love Dragons Den, mm. and uh, I, I watch the different business leaders that we have on uh, on the program and look at their different reasons and why they would have want to invest in different companies that are presented to them. I then look at the businesses that I know that're successful and business leaders and two that stand out Mr. Alan Sugar, Lord Alan Sugar, my bad. Mm. And um, Richard Brunson. Both have got amazing business acumen and business models and business strategies that I've seen implemented in different various different businesses of theirs over the last good part of twenty years. It's and
0: really then it comes to the,
1: Yeah, and then it comes to leaders within the sports too. This what I'm passionate about as well. So um, for me, great team managers um, because leading a, a team of footballers, for example, isn't easy, especially in high-pressure environments, such as, as, as championship matches or um, uh, or or cup finals. So, um, from a business perspective, yeah, Lord Alan Sugar and Richard Branson are two guys that I've been uh, inspired by for business years.
0: Yeah, it's um, a really interesting um, pair of um, examples there. Um, And, of course, they did have huge learning curves in their career as well, Adam, and it has to be noted. Um, Would you say that it's actually possible to be a good leader without first getting a few things wrong, making mistakes, and then learning from those errors?
1: Well, I think mistakes, that's a beautiful thing about mistakes, the fact that you can learn from them. And uh, with every business environment, it changes Um, Look at what we're going through at the moment with COVID, COVID COVID-19. Us as an organization, for example, we've had to change how we deliver the courses and still make them accessible to our learners while they're at home and under lockdown. Uh, In particular, when we're doing courses that are physical, be personal training, fitness instructing, for example, we've got large aspects of physical learning. And how have we as an organization been able to adapt working with awarding organizations and able to continue to be able to deliver? Um, when it comes to, uh, to making mistakes, I absolutely agree with you that they're fundamental in helping shape businesses become better. Uh, and that's, you know, again, with Pete Academy, you know, we've made many mistakes. It's our 10th 11th year now, we turned 10 December last year. We've made many mistakes, but it's how we deal with those mistakes and how we come back from them in order to become better. That's what stands us out from my competitors.
0: Absolutely. And uh, did you yourself always imagine, Madam, um, earlier in your career that you would one day be in a position of leadership and having to grapple with these challenges as well?
1: <laughs> I've always been a natural born leader, what can I say? From uh, from being a senior prefect of school into different organisations and sports teams that I, I end up being captain, on, etc. Yeah. Um, my vision was always to work for myself and have a business and have businesses Um but again, my business style, my, my business management, my leadership style has adapted um, over the years. And I think, you know, I'm really fortunate to be in the position where I know that PT Academy isn't just the sole business that we do uh, or, or that I have. And uh, I'm able to, um, yeah, what's the word to say? I'm able to apply different aspects of my personality to different businesses and to different, different leadership styles. And where one business may require me to act and behave in a certain way or a certain manner, mm. I don't need to necessarily behave and act in in, in the same way with a different, different business, for example. So, um again, that's something which time has taught me, and that's what makes great leaders. You, I don't believe that you can become, you know, you're not born great leaders. Mm. I think, I think you have to develop into a great leader.
0: That's really, really interesting because um, there are some people who do think that um, you are born with certain innate qualities, and to a degree, that might be true. You may come with a natural hunger, but I think there is—it's very much a learning curve, isn't it? Developing as a leader, I agree. and um, you've I been agree. on um, a journey um, yourself um, of that same ilk, haven't you, Adam? Um, what would you say? If, it's a bit of an abstract question, this, but if you could actually speak to yourself ten years ago, what leadership qualities would you actually tell the younger you to embrace?
1: Uh, embrace change, and embrace readiness for change, and understand that any industry that I manage or lead in, it will it'll emerge, and it will it will mutate, and just myself to be more willing and, and um, yeah, more willing to take on to, to adapt, um, and that's the key thing for us now as an organisation is is that the reason why we're ahead of of uh, the majority of the back of it is that we're so, you know, we can change at the drop of a hat. You know, when we're hit with things like we've been hit with, with the viruses, that you know, met myself and my, my head of departments and board of directors, we introduce change within three days, because we don't, you know, we, the the red tape elements removed. Um, we take feedback. I take feedback, um, or I listen to it, and I you know, take it from the learners and from my mentors, and, and my staff. And it's just it's just been quick enough and quick off the mark to react. Mm -hmm. and respond to the right things and change your organization at the right time.
0: Definitely. Um, The importance of being reactive has really been put under the spotlight recently with the whole COVID-19 outbreak and how that's affected businesses. Um, At a government level, we hear the likes of the prime minister and other cabinet ministers coming on air once every day, announcing new measures for businesses, while at the same time also preventing a great deal of those businesses from performing their functions because everything's closed. Um, Do you think that at that level, they're doing the right things at present and showing good leadership themselves, Adam?
1: I, I actually think they are. Yeah, I mean, given the circumstances, what else would we expect the government to do? Um, you know, I think when you've got the chance of this coming and announcing very generous incentives from the government to support businesses, uh, especially with, with, with workers that may, you know, in, in normal circumstances have been laid off due to what's happened, and then you know, uh, go to a measure of helping self-employed staff members as well. I think, I think I, you know, I think the government's done a lot given the circumstances of a lockdown. And uh, the lockdown itself is safe. It's smart. Uh, we ourselves, you know, we we I actually authorised my staff to work from home prior to the lockdown happening. Not that I, that I foresaw the, uh, you know, foresaw the lockdown happening, but it was just it was just to minimise risk to my staff. That you know, there's no point unnecessarily exposing them to a danger of getting ill by having to commute into work when they can do the same job from home, and that's that defined leadership for me, you know, he's given, you know, we, we, I was given a scenario and I took a decision. Do I allow my staff to operate um, remotely or do I, you know, still maintain them to, to come into work? You know, some travel, one of my, uh, the head of uh, product section was one of the directors. He travels from Swindon mm. and other quality assurance director travels into Tamworth to central Birmingham. And again, you know, being a leader, it's it's, making decisions that you feel are going to be the best for that individual that work within the team because it's those people that make the team that make the company
0: exactly it's so important for leaders to be remembering especially at this time that it's not just about them it's not a one man or a one woman show it is very much about the team around okay. them and if they've Absolutely. surrounded themselves with the best people for those roles then they'll certainly be in a position to uh, flourish even through these difficulties um, I have to say Adam I'm conscious of running out of time but before we do wrap things up um, do give me an idea of what you imagine the next 12 months will hold for yourself for PT Academy and what you really hope to achieve in that time especially beyond the outcome break as well
1: well the outbreak probably came at the right time for us to prompt us into doing what i've been planning to do for the last 12 months in order for us to maintain growth as a company we have to scale and um we, we spent a good two years looking at feasibility into scaling internationally taking the same qualifications that we do and deliver and offering them internationally but we did come stuck in some parts because of certain um uh, certain politics so to speak so the other way of scaling was actually um uh, increasing the um, uh, the, the qualification portfolio that we offer. And since COVID, the outbreak's taken place and lockdown started. We've been approved to offer 65 new qualifications from one of the warning organizations that you work with, which we're working on at the moment to get the resources ready. So, um, you know, being reactive in that sense, being with the situation has developed and, and helped us progress as a company, meaning that it's allowed us to uh, offer more qualifications that we currently did. And uh, that's access into a new market that will
0: help us scale. Absolutely, and let's hope that business um, does really hit the ground running um, on the other side of this and seize on those opportunities as you're looking to do, Adam. Um, I've got to say, it's uh, been an absolute pleasure having you on the uh, the program today, and I think it would be brilliant to actually maybe get you back on in a few months' time and look at this retrospectively and see how those hopes have been borne out. Thanks so much uh, for uh, your time coming on the program.
1: Thank you, Scott. Happy to do so. Thank you once again.
0: I think um, it'll be yeah,
1: Hope your listeners benefit from any snippets of the, uh, information I've given them.
0: Absolutely. Um, next up on the programme, for those very listeners, I'll be handing over to Jonathan White for his exclusive interview with England's 1966 Football World Cup hero, Sir Geoff Hurst, um, as well as scoring over 200 league goals for the likes of West Ham United and Stoke City. Uh, Sir Jeff remains the only man to this day to score a hat-trick in the final of a World Cup after his treble in England's 4-2 win over West Germany at the Old Wembley 54 years ago. I hope you enjoy listening just as much as Jonathan enjoyed speaking to Sir Jeff.
3: <laughs> well, of course, that's not one of the most asked questions I get. Although there are one or two people who are very familiar um, who do Google me realise that I did uh, score nothing for Essex. Uh, for my only game for Essex first team when we played against Lancashire in Liverpool, a place called uh, Egbert in, in, uh, in Liverpool, many, many years ago. 1962, I think that was.
2: So I didn't... And... Um,
3: yes, I didn't really feel anything at the time. It was... But, <laughs> Lucky to be playing, I guess, of one or two injuries. Um, but the problem that I had was was really messing about between the two sports. That was very detrimental to me uh, over that period of time, mm. being stuck between the two sports.
2: And I think uh, for those that uh, don't know, there's a there's a, another world that might exist where um, Sir Jeff Hurst was a, a first-class cricketer and not perhaps a, a footballer, but. Um, whether it's business or cricket or, or football, obviously the importance of leadership, it can't be understated, no matter what form that comes in. When you were at West Ham, uh, Jeff, and when um, Ron Greenwood first uh, uh, came along, he made obviously some pretty radical changes. Was this a man that genuinely inspired confidence uh, the first time you'd meet him?
3: Absolutely. I mean, he, he was simply a, a fantastic uh, coach or teacher, if you like, at the football and uh, the, the quite always mentioned when we talk about Ron Greenwood, Harry Redknapp, who um, was played under him, and has been very successful as a player and, and the manager over many, many, many years. He and he's come across many coaches, of course, and managers during his time over years, I guess he would still say that Ron Greenwood is the best coach he had worked with. He would worked with. So you're very fortunate. I think you you, re, you think you're lucky. When you come across, if you have a great teacher at school and uh, a great coach, as we had in Ron Greenwood, and of course uh, a great manager in South Alf so to come across people like that of that calibre can have a huge influence on your your career, of course, and, and then your life, and that's that's quite purely the case.
2: Absolutely, and in those early days um, at West Ham uh, with with a manager like like uh, Ron uh, there. It's also important to have uh uh confidence with your other players and of course they become your friends. Who did you look at to at the time uh when to inspire confidence in yourself? Was it more, was it Peters?
3: I think probably well, I was very fortunate to play with the talent of the players, I did. Again again, extremely fortunate to play with you know, the captain um of England and West Ham and Martin Peters who was a fantastic player. And some, as far as Martin's concerned, I think sometimes he didn't quite get the uh, recognition he deserved and what a wonderful player he was. In terms of inspiring confidence, I always probably say that the biggest influence uh, for me, I guess, would be the captain Bonneau. Although he was only uh, about eight months older than me, he graduated through the system probably three or four years earlier. He played for England in 62, four years before the final Which uh, was absolutely, but I can use that now because it, it is quite funny.
2: <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe we're time then. But we. Um, uh, well, you'll I, I can tell you if you sorry. want. You've want, you got time. I can tell I go, you if you want. Jeff, go on. Go. On. I think I'd be, it would be silly if I said no at this point. Okay. So I was uh,
3: doing it at a dinner in, in the Channel Islands, three or 400 people, black tie dinner, guest of honor. And this occasion, I was speaking for about 20 minutes, then allowing uh, questions.
2: Uh, through your um, playing career, perhaps especially um, your time uh, for England. Who was it uh, that struck you more than anyone else on the pitch uh, that displayed qualities of not just leadership, but uh, companionship and and level-headedness that you think that have stuck with you all these years later?
3: But without the attitude alongside that, going back to an earlier question, you wouldn't have been as ultimately, ultimately successful.
2: Exactly. Without that, you could, the, the, the whole will never be greater than the sum of its parts, but with it.
3: Yes, the word, the, word is the, word is t- the word is team. Absolutely. And I always use the word team when I talk sometimes. You know, together, everyone achieves more. And that that's the same in any walk of life. That, that's fundamental.
2: And uh, lastly, uh,